And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, in today's episode, we're going to talk about what you do when you feel stuck in your job or your career and you're just, you know, you're feeling drained or miserable and you know you need to make a change. And I think most of us can relate to being in this position at some point during our career or maybe we're currently in that position. So I hope you will take a listen to the conversation I have today with Kelly Shields because I think it's both inspiring and enlightening and I love, you know, how she went after something she's passionate about and left her career in law. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Kelly Shields to join us. She is a career and life coach for stressed, unhappy professionals who feel stuck in careers that make them miserable. She helps them find meaning and enjoyment in their work so they can successfully move into careers they love. Before launching her coaching business, she spent 12 years as an outwardly successful, inwardly unhappy corporate attorney. She lives in Arlington, Virginia with two fluffy orange cats that enjoy making surprise appearances appearances on her client calls. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks, Kristen. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I can't wait to dive into this conversation. And I think it's going to be one that so many people will, you know, over the year or years will tune into and be inspired to take some action in their uh, careers. So I would love it if you could first share with us kind of your backstory and your journey in how you got into doing this and how you're helping people now. Absolutely. You know, I, growing up, was always that kid who was good at school, and the messaging was all kind of the same. Oh, you're good at school, so double down, just get good grades, and then you follow the smart kid track where you go be successful by making money. So go be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, or fortunately, nobody said accountants to me. That would have been a really even worse fit, but... um but I did all those things. And so I worked really hard at school. And then I went to law school and kept trying to like, oh, the next thing is you got to get a job at a big law firm or you've got to get these credentials. So I, I worked hard and got credentials. And unfortunately, I found out during my first summer job as um, at a law firm while I was a law student, wow, I hated being a practicing attorney. <laughs> and you know, two thirds of the way through law school at that point and in significant student debt. So I was, I felt very stuck and, you know, I lucked out in many ways. Um, I found really good jobs, objectively speaking. And I always worked with really smart, nice, friendly people. Um, my hours tended to be better than lawyers who were being, you know, just grinding it out at big law firms. Um, but I really just hated the work. I was good at it. It just did not mesh with my personality and my strengths that were actually energizing. So every day was just draining to me. But I didn't know what else I could do. And I still needed to pay all those student loans. So I just kind of kept plugging away. And I did start trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong? Why isn't this working? Is there something wrong with me? Like, this is a good job. So I started reading books and taking assessments. And 
you know, eventually I switched over and started working for a company instead of a law firm. And it was better, but it was almost a problem that it was better because, you know, it was good enough that I felt like, oh, I, I really shouldn't complain now. It's, it's a good job. It's stable. My, you know, I have nine to five hours, generally speaking. Like, who am I to complain about this? Yeah. And it was just a really bad fit still. No matter how nice the people were, the work was still just a bad fit for me. And I, instead of listening to that, you know, I, I was listening to it and then I continued the search on the side, but really I started telling myself, no, no, this is just, just, you got to learn to like this. You got to make yourself fit into what this job is. And that eventually led to me just completely burning out. I, you know, done a lot of work on my own. I had talked to therapists about, you know, well, what is this idea? You know, what's not working here? And I, I didn't have an answer, but I knew I had to take a break at that point because I'd pushed for so long. So I took a break and that's when I finally was like, you know, okay, I'm going to get coaching and try to figure out this work thing. And I mean, I'd spent over a decade trying to figure out, you know, is there work I'd like? I never really enjoyed it. And within three months of working with a coach, I was feeling really good about moving into coaching myself and, and seeing so many things line up and starting to like test that out and realize, oh, I, I really enjoy this. And within six months, I really just decided to pursue making this my full-time occupation. So, um, and it's been a great fit ever since. So I can tell you that you can make this change too, but it really did take getting some outside help for me and like someone who really knew what they were doing and knew how to help guide somebody through figuring this out for themselves to like actually get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important point, which is if you realize the same thing keeps going on or the same feelings keep coming up or the same struggle, or like you said, this feeling of discontent or it's not aligning at some point, if first you go try the first things, right? Books or podcasts, whatever it is, and great, that might help some people. But if it's not, I agree with you. It's kind of like, okay, I have to figure this out, right? Because I want, I mean, they say we're working more hours than often we're at our house, at least in the evening time, you know, maybe not all, all over, or even with like once, you know, if you ever have, if each of us have spouses or not, then you are with your significant other sometimes, right? You're with like your your family at work more than, so you you want to enjoy it, right? You want to, you don't want to work for your whole life and just it be miserable. And so- I love that you shared, you know, look, I had to find somebody that could help me through this transition because they've already done this before. Like they understand the steps to help people change their mindset and then help people take that action, you know, and of course that's not what you're doing, which we're going to dive into some more. So thank you for sharing your story. What I love is that you can help people, you know, based on your perspective and how you're helping people now. So how do you recommend people? Like when we feel stuck in our jobs or our careers, what are some things we can do to start trying to figure out like what else could I do and how do I even start moving into that idea and then taking action? I mean, I think that one of the first things you can do is one of the simplest, which is just actually tuning into those feelings and really paying attention to them. And that's because of necessity many times when we're discontented in our careers when we're unhappy at work we tune out from that. We really try to numb it because we're trying to survive something we have to keep showing up at day after day, often for years. And 
it's not like it's something we can just walk away from most of the time. I mean, you know, we're talking about getting our basic needs met and being able to support ourselves. So I think actually just being a really deliberately trying to be aware that what is making me, you know, what am I feeling? If I can identify certain things that are making, you know, making yourself unhappy, that's great. But even if you can just really tune into the discomfort, the pain, the mismatch of it all, I think that's a really important step. Um, I also think it's just really important to try to find some great people to support you in this. And, you know, who that's going to be is going to vary. Like I, as a coach, yes, I love being that person for people. But also, if you have really supportive, empowering friends who are going to listen to you without judging you and just be really supportive and compassionate and give you space to figure things out, that can be great. A therapist can be great. Just having somebody who can help you sort through all these thoughts because there's so much baggage tied to our work and our worth and our identity and all the things we think we should and are supposed to be doing. So sometimes the people who care about us the most are also really tied into wanting us to be safe and they may not be the best people to talk to. So parents or spouses might really just be so concerned about, oh, I want you to be okay. I want you to be safe that their fear can really get in. So finding someone you can start talking to, even to just start exploring the idea who isn't hooked in in that way and who can have enough separation to support you. It's a great, it's another great first step. Oh, I so agree with that. I mean, I think so many people, if, if the people you're talking to haven't actually made a change like that in their own lives, often to your point, they're stuck at a different place and they might not feel stuck, but I mean, and so when you ask them to your point, like my husband, and he's very supportive, but he has had, he's worked for the federal government, you know, DOD type job um, engineer though, for his whole career practically. So, and that's where he's going to stay, right? He, that's, he's comfortable. And I mean, he's an engineer, right? He's very type A, he's very directed. I'm the exact opposite. But luckily that works, right? Because I'm able to have more flexibility of different things I do and, you know, and try to start new businesses because of his stability. But he's not necessarily, he takes a while to get into like an idea, right? Whereas I'm kind of like, ooh, I mean, I'll think about it for a long time, but once I start taking action, I'm, I'm ready to go. He's not necessarily the first person I should mention when I'm like, so, hey, you know, because he is somebody that's never tried to start a business. He's not somebody that, so I need to have other people around me and support of people that have started businesses and are running businesses and are doing new things. It's not to say I don't want his support too, but I need people around me that have done that, right? Or that are doing that or trying new things. And so, yeah, to your point, I think that's a good example. Oh, absolutely. I love that example. Um, Also, I think you and your husband sound like you complement each other really well. That's also why, I mean, many times we're not going to talk to people at our work about this anyway, but that's also a reason not to because other people are choosing to stay in the situation that you're really wanting to get away from and it can get into their own limiting beliefs and their own triggers sometimes. Like, wait, but I'm choosing to stay here. Like, you shouldn't be leaving. So, yeah. yeah. Finding some people, find, finding those people, I think is a great first step. Yeah. And then the other thing too, that sometimes we, we sometimes don't realize the skill set we really bring, right? Not just what we do in our job or have in the past, but these skills, you know, the, whatever you're going to call it, gifts, things that nat- come natural to us. Sometimes we don't see them as a skill that we can actually make money with. And so I think 
that whole, I know it seems to some people like, oh my God, I don't want to ask people I know, like, what, what do you think I'm good at? What am I known for? But the answer to this, sometimes we just kind of, it comes so easy to us, little things that we don't realize it's a thing, right? 100%. And so even that little, you know, asking people like, hey, what, what is it? Or, or, or just listening to what people are telling you, because people will tell you things like, oh, you know, whoever the person, or, or in this case, hey, Kelly, you're so good at hosting people, or you're so good at, you know, organizing the thing or whatever, whatever the thing is, right? Or inspiring, encouraging people, you know, seeing things they don't see. But if we listen over time to what people are telling us in our, you know, it can be in your workplace, it can be in your friend group, it can be in your family. Yeah. There's patterns that are repeating there, but we're not paying attention to them. Yeah. I actually love and have my clients sometimes as part of our work, in addition to their own reflection work and me helping them dig deeper. I love having them reach out to their networks and ask that question and even ask, you know, Hey, what are, you know, what could you see me doing other than what I'm doing now? What are some strengths I have? And I did that myself. And it was really, um, it was really funny to see the answers because there was that consistency. And some of the things were not actually, none of them were particularly strengths that I typically would think about monetizing. Um, but um, consistently, um, one of the themes that showed up were, you know, listening without judgment, being encouraging, supportive, helping people figure things out that tie directly into coaching. And other ones were fun about like home decor or skincare or something like that, which are just fun to read. And that I chose not to try to make a career out of, but, um, yeah, you can, it's, it's amazing the things people see. Just also keep a little bit of distance in case, you know, make it okay if somebody suggests something that you're like, I can't believe that's what you think. I would do just give them, give them a little grace. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think the point is, is there's lots of tools and resources and people that can help people. But I think it, would you say it's first making the decision to say, I think I want something else for myself and maybe just even figure out the next step or two steps. And it doesn't have to be that you leave your job full time yet. And it doesn't have to be that you're going to take a sabbatical. It can just be huh, I really love baking or whatever the thing is. And maybe I'm just going to see, could I even sell my cupcakes around the holidays? Like just on the side on the weekend or yeah. right. Just taking that little step. I, I think I'm a huge, huge believer in baby steps. And I would never advocate to somebody that they, you know, just quit their job right off the bat because they don't like it. I always, one of the big things I do with clients is really manage risk and make sure that they're not, that they're going to make a change that it's actually moving them into something that they really, truly want. And that we're taking care of their, you know, their life and their finances the whole time. Some people do need to take a sabbatical. Some people are so burned out, but yeah, start small, start with, you don't even have, I would even say, just start with, really acknowledging to yourself that this is not what I want and giving yourself permission to explore making a change. I think those are great because so often we won't even give ourselves that permission. We almost gratitude shame ourselves and to know it's a good job. I need to make it work. Um, but yeah, um, small, definitely. Um, I actually love the, okay, maybe I'll try baking my cupcakes or my cookies around the holidays and just seeing if I enjoy doing that more or, um, yeah, reach out, get a book, um, start talking to somebody or start reading some articles online from career coaches. Um, just start taking some small steps and start exploring. But first, just own the reality of the situation and give yourself permission for that to be reality and for you to do something about it. 
yeah, kind of the be honest with yourself about you really want this change. It's in your future at some point, right? You want to get to that point and be okay that you have to kind of own it and understand it before you can tell other people, right? It's not- yeah. Yes. And give yourself grace. You don't have to go around and like start telling everyone immediately. Um, and I know lots of people who did that and immediately were like, oh, wow, this made it so much harder. Keep it to yourself at first. That's fine. Or really think about the people you know and very be very deliberate about who you talk to. Or yeah, start reaching out to somebody who is a professional and that you're hiring. And so you know, okay, this is, they're not going to have a personal stake in this. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. So while we're just on this topic still, before we kind of jump into a little bit different conversation, tell me about when you went from being an attorney, right, for quite a few years, how was that with uh, the people around you understanding you want to leave this this career path that you had been working towards for so long and then in? So what was that like? And did you find anything that sort of helped you have those conversations or just kind of explain to them like, you might not get that I want to now be a, um, you know, a career and life coach, but this really fits me. Like I'm, I'm just kind of loving it. You know, um, it varied by group of people almost. Um, I had, um, I, I turned to my friends a lot and, um, someone who was my therapist at the time. I think those were my initial support systems before I got a coach and started finding a community of people making the same change. So I was very, deliberate and choosy about who I spoke to my personal life about this. And because when I wasn't, I sometimes got feedback that triggered my own anxieties. So I reached out to the same, probably three or four people and just, they were very supportive and kept reaching out to them. But in my professional life, when I did announce that I was, tell people I was going to leave, very few people were actively discouraging, but the shock on faces was uncomfortable and certainly triggered my own anxieties and uncertainties. And it was really hard, especially in a profession, as you know, where eventually you need to start showing up publicly. And I had this entire community of DC attorneys who were continuing to be DC attorneys and sticking on this very practical path that this is what we're doing. And suddenly I'm talking about or showing up as a life and career coach, which is just not exactly what you talk about in a lot of DC attorney circles. And, you know, I will say I was fortunate that my parents were supportive, but I still didn't lean on them as much to talk to for the same reasons that, you know, they're concerned about me and my financial stability. So they just happened. They knew how miserable I had been for so long and how it impacted my physical and mental health. So for that reason, they were supportive. Um, And, the surprising number of parents tend to be more supportive than we think they're going to be, but I reached out, I reached out to friends more first and that was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you had a, you know, one of the points you made there, I think that was um, important to sort of reiterate is, you know, one, I agree with you. You don't just start by telling everybody till you really know what you're going to do to some extent. Um, But you just need to kind of, Find those people that you already know are more positive, slanted, or honest, but positive. Like you said, they're encouraging or at least supportive. And we know who those people are. And hopefully we have mostly those people in our lives. But like you said, you you know the people that will have the the deeper conversation with you about something that important. And the ones that are, you know, your fun friends or acquaintances, but they're maybe not that person, right? So I think to your point is, you know, pick the people that you think, hey, these are the people that 
no matter what I do, no matter my choice, they're going to be there and be like, I'm so proud of you. This is great. And, you know, or did you think of this? So I think that's important, you know, to your point is keep it small while you're figuring it out. And then, you know, you don't have to tell even, you know, whoever it might be in your life that you're going to make this transition until you're pretty convinced that like, this is my next step. This is my next path, at least at this point for now, right? It doesn't mean it's forever. Right. And uh, yeah, this is your next thing. Well, however long that lasts, it could be for forever. It could be for five years or 10 years. We're complex beings that, you know, most, and many people who are interested in changing careers or starting a business have a lot of interest and aren't right. going to be content just doing one thing for 30 years. So yeah, things can change. Um, but 100%, like just finding those people who you know are thoughtful, but supportive. It's a great place to, great place to start. What were some of the first steps? I guess for, in your case, when you transitioned, you said, I need a break. I'm burned out. But then it was kind of exploring new things and it was working with that, the coach, correct? To kind of see what's next for you. It was. And I will say actually um, that I thought I had it figured out on my own earlier. I thought, oh, you know, what works with what I think I like on paper, this makes sense. I thought, oh, I can be a realtor. That I love people. I'm tired of being stuck in like an office nine to five. Um, I think it'd be fun to go around and help people make these big transactions. And, you know, I found that that was not working for me. That's what it turns out. I was like, wait, why isn't this working? I'm not motivated to go out and really pursue this in the way I have to. So what is wrong? So that, that was one thing where I realized that I, just because this makes sense on paper, I'm, I'm missing some steps. Um, yeah, I, I took a break and did nothing for a while, which I desperately needed. But finding somebody who actually helped people figure this out for themselves and who could actually explain to me, hey, there's a process for figuring these things out. You know, we can look at the literature and see that there are different areas that we need to address in order for you to find work that you're actually going to love and actually going to want to show up for. That was really helpful to me. And then I'm a big advocate for, you know, you don't just do this internal work and like reflecting and talking, even talking to a coach and getting an idea of, oh, based on these assessments and these conversations we're having, here are some, you know, yes, come up with some ideas from what might work. I'm a huge advocate for you need to go figure out what that's going to look like in the real world and do some testing of that, not just change your entire life based on an idea. Um, so um, I think that that also gives you a chance to, it's just, it gives you a chance to start moving towards something instead of just trying to move away from something that's not working. And those are very different motivational states. And it really creates an internal shift that helps you get through the parts that are more work and are more difficult and are a little more uncertain. Once you identify something and realize how it does align with, you know, who you are, how you're wired, what you care about, who you want to be and show up in the world. Um, moving towards a yes is a really big deal. Oh yeah. I love that. And I think, um, what's so important is you, and you sort of said this, like you thought, oh, maybe real estate, but what you found is you were drained or not, at least you weren't energized. And I think we need to pay attention to, does the thing give us, does it light us up? Does it make us excited? Right. So if the work we're looking, we're doing now or the, or what we're looking at doing, do, do we feel energized? And that doesn't mean every little bit of our job or our work is going to make us energized, but is there a big enough piece of it that's like, it, we're excited about it, right? We're excited to get up and do it. And then I think that energy, 
you know, yeah. like for instance, some people that are coaches, kind of like you were talking about the testing, there's lots of different types of coaching, right? You could do the career coaching, you could do relationship co- coaching, you could just do like startup business coaching. I mean, it can go on and on. But somebody, you know, I, I even know some people, they started out thinking that they wanted to be, do more relationship coaching. You know, they had some background in that. And then they realized, no, that's really not what I want to do. I want to focus more on career and life, you yeah. know? And so it's to your example, you still might've had it, the target close, but then you have to niche or, niche, or you know, niche in and kind of decide, okay, well, this is kind of it, but then I need to test it to see which thing actually could I maintain and actually be, want to do this work. And I love what you were saying about paying attention to the energy and excitement. And that's a signal. And that's the way I like to help people think about it is, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling drained and lackluster and not excited about your work, whatever it is, that's a signal to you that there's something that's not working. So let's try to figure out where the energy is and where it's going. And yeah, it's, there's, Sometimes it does take testing and sometimes it does take, oh, trying something. Um, again, I like to do this in a risk managed way, but like investigating something, let's say, investigating right. a path and realizing, oh, this is actually not going to work for me. I really, it was really dreamy and exciting in my head. And, you know, at first, just I started looking into this, it stayed that way. And then the more I learned, this is a, this is not right for me. Um, that's great information. And you can take that and figure out what needs to be adjusted a little bit. So the space of coaching, yeah, um, like figuring out, I mean, there's all sorts of ways to pursue coaching. We get that whole conversation about that alone, but yeah, figuring out, okay, where does my energy show up? What gets me excited? And, um, I certainly considered relationship coaching just because it's a fun area, but ultimately energy wasn't showing up there. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is something that I didn't necessarily know if we would even talk about this. It just popped up though when you were talking about that. What about, you know, so in other words, if somebody decides, okay, I'm going to change careers or change, you know, directions of my job. But one thing I've found is that it might be great. For instance, we'll just go with the the coach example, right? I'm going to be a coach, but then you realize, hold on. And this happens a lot of people. I have eight clients a day. And you're burned out at the end of the week, not because you don't enjoy the work, but because the way you've designed the work or the way you've designed the timeframes with each person is overwhelming. So do you talk to people at all about that? Like sometimes it's just, you need to understand, like, how do you want to design your work week? What does that need to look like? You know, number of hours. So do you have any ideas or suggestions on that area that you found people? In other words, when we're stepping into something new we have to be aware of that because the idea isn't just to right burn the candle at both ends so that you end up burned out again. I mean, we need to make our income, but we need to have some parameters, I feel like. You know, it's interesting because I'm in the coaching space so much. So a lot of times I, my immediate thought is, yeah, I recommend getting coaching in that case. Um, but I think that there's just a lot to learn and a lot of self-care that needs to be involved. And there are ways that you can approach you know, starting a business, whether you're jumping in and doing that full time, or as most people do, starting on the side while you're working a full time job, that you've got to remember that this is work is about, you know, I'm a huge believer in work, that work should be good, work should be a good part of your life where you show up and use your strengths and your gifts and have an impact on the world and find fulfillment. But it's about having an awesome life. 
So I think keeping that in mind is a big piece of it that, you know, we're not working just for the sake of great careers and working. All of that is about having this amazing life that you want to be living. So yeah, if you're starting, actually, I talked to somebody, I talked to somebody who's going through this um, just a couple hours ago earlier today. And even just taking a pause, like it's okay to put a pause on a business. It doesn't have to be a long one. It might be, but resetting, figuring out what needs to change. If you're showing up and seeing eight clients a day, for example, and you're like, or working 13 hours a day, um, you know, there can be a lot of different things. Sometimes that's the way fear shows up in people. And then, oh, but I have to work. I have to work. I have to stay busy. I have to support myself. I have to stay ahead of the fear. Think just taking a deep breath and pausing. Um, I think I'm a big fan of body scan meditations um, and breathing exercises. Um, I think that body scan meditations help us to really learn how to recognize what's going on in our bodies and learn to recognize those signals that so that we can start understanding, oh, wait a second, I'm doing this because I'm anxious or because there's some fear about where my next paycheck is going to come from. I think that's really huge. Breathwork is fantastic for interrupting that cycle and getting a quick reset and maintaining, you know, maintaining even stress levels or returning back to that, you know, more restful state out of that fight or flight state. So I think both of those are easy, very accessible tools most people can use. But yeah, just um, especially in any kind of business, especially it's yours. You can change things. Like if it's not working, then talk to somebody that, yeah, then absolutely ask, what would I do if I were prioritizing my life, prioritizing having a wonderful life, prioritizing taking care of myself and having a business that feeds into that? Absolutely. And I I think that's part of it is that some people haven't yet given themselves permission to do that. Like, in other words, they've started the business and right, their one goal is like, oh, I need to build it. I need to grow it. And yes, that's probably true. but we can't do it to the detriment of our health or our well-being or our family. I mean, hopefully we're not. And so we do have to, it might take a little while, but we have to learn, hold on. Like you said, I don't have to work until five o'clock or eight o'clock at night. I can say, Oh, I'm done at four because I want to pick my kid up or I'm, uh, I'm taking Fridays off when I can, or I'm going to only, I'm not going to work in the morning at 7am. I'm going to start at eight 30. Right. But we have to be the, um, stewards of that. And we have to sort of say what, to your point, like, what is it that would make my life me fulfilled and that I can maintain this, you know, and what is it I want? And, you know, I know for me, that's one reason why a lot of people start business, right? Is yes. So hopefully there's income potential over time, right? Maybe greater than what you made in a corporate job, but it's also the freedom of time. And it's that you can say, you know what, I'm penciling off next Tuesday and Wednesday because I have a family obligation right? But that's the point. If we don't do those things, then at some point the job is our master still, you know, instead of us choosing what we want our life to be like. And it doesn't mean there's not days where maybe you do have to hustle more than other days, but it, once again, we're still responsible that over the long term we don't burn ourselves out. Yes. I mean, and there's just such a difference with what you're speaking, what you're speaking about, like, you know, that kind of acute busyness or acute stress that is going to wind down quickly. Like everyone has busier periods, right? that are really exhausting and that's fine. We're you know, designed to be able to do that. That's closer to the running. That's closer to that, you know, old idea of running from the saber toothed tiger. And then you're kind of but um, looking at chronic stress or chronic, you know, chronic workload, 
One thing I love um, is I know a lot of different coaches who, especially if they have kids, it certainly doesn't have to be limited to that. Right. The first thing they do every quarter is pencil in personal time. So yes. maybe that is the yoga class they want to make every week. Maybe it's family vacation or picking up the kids from school um, or spa day, whatever it is. But they put that in first and make sure that they get time in the calendar and then they go back and fill in. Like, okay, Absolutely. I need to get done. I 100% do that, actually. You know, so same thing. You know, I do it by the week, but obviously, like for scheduling interviews and all these kind of things, they're weeks out sometimes. So I do go at least monthly through my calendar and say, oh, when do I know that I need to be off early or out of town or block off more of the day, even if I'm working so that I don't get booked up? And then every week I say, oh, like I block every Friday off now. And it doesn't mean I don't work on Friday, but I don't ever have calls or interviews for the most part on Fridays. I keep it for finish my work. And when I, if I can get it done, you know, by 11, then I go and do something, you know, the rest of the day, Fantastic. you know, but like you said, I have, you make it a priority. You know, I even schedule in, when am I going to probably do my walk or exercise that day? Not always, but you know, like in other words, I look at my schedule and go, is it going to be in the morning or am I too booked up early? So I need to go at lunch or in the evening. You know? I love that. I, I'm similar to you in that I'm not the most scheduled person in the world. I yeah. say as someone who knows many of the most scheduled people in the world. Right. Um, so I've never had every single hour on my calendar blocked out. But yes, I, I will look at, oh, you know, where do I have client appointments fitting in? Where do I have chunks of time that I need to write or do something else? And okay, then based on that this week, you know, what are good days or, you know, my, that I'm going to have an extended exercise period or maybe get together with a friend for coffee. And is that going to be morning or afternoon? And, and if I don't do that, it's much less likely to happen. Absolutely. Well, and same, I don't have every, I don't have every hour, I have an hour blocked out on my schedule either, but I have the things that I need to know where I need to be or that I'm doing that are commitments or the things that I personally want, you know, to happen to my week, because otherwise you know, we can just be like, oh, I have more work. I'll just finish more work, you know? And so at some point we have to have kind of like a, what's our goal for ourselves to have a cutoff, you know, because always be more work than just well. Always be more work. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you any last resources you want to recommend or tips you want to share with people just about, you know, people that are considering kind of taking this path that you've taken to jump into something new. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the most important things I would love to leave your listeners with is I think is the most important question that you should ask yourself, which is what's the risk of not making a change? Um, Because we just tend to laser focus on the risks of making a change. And I don't want to minimize those. I mean, I take those seriously and you want to make sure that you're going to be able to support yourself. You don't want to just jump into something and hate it, but it's only half of the risk equation. So I would just invite them to really think through, oh, what's going to happen if I don't? What's my life going to be like in a year, five years, 10 years, if I don't make a change? What's the cost going to be to my health, to my relationships, my family, to my joy, even to my professional opportunities that I could be taking, you know, if I started pursuing another path? Go through all of it. And I think that can help you really think through things a lot more clearly and just have a more realistic picture. Sometimes that can help you have the motivation to realize, oh, I do need to give myself permission to make a change, or at least be aware of all of the situation as you're thinking things through, no matter what you decide. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a super important question. And I think it's one that we should actually ask ourselves regularly. 
you know, not even just when we're trying to do a big transition potentially in the future, but we should regularly check in with ourselves, you know, whether that's quarterly or monthly or yearly. So I love that. What, how can people find you online and learn more about what you have going on? Uh, how, what, how can they find you? Um, you know, the easiest places to find me are my website, which is kellyshields.com. And that is Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. Um, or on Instagram, it is at kellyshields underscore. Um, so those are two easy places to find me. All my social media links are on my website. But, you know, this podcast, all my appearances are going to be on there as well. But yeah, I'd just love to connect with anyone who would like to talk about this. And if not, I hope there's some great information that would be helpful to you as you think about what's right for you in your situation. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for being with us today. I think it's such a important conversation to encourage people to kind of decide how do I define life in my terms? How do I go after something that kind of lights me up more than what I'm doing now? So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. Absolutely. I think there were so many great tidbits in the conversation today I had with Kelly. And I hope if you find yourself in a position where what you're doing, the work you're doing, you're just feeling drained, you're feeling burned out, you know that there's something else for you out there, then I would encourage you to start taking those small steps to either work with somebody to start making that transition, you know, or on the side, build a business. And like I said, if you're not sure what it is you want to get into, that's okay. That's how a lot of us have felt at some point. But we just have to be open to thinking about it and and exploring those ideas and those options and talking to people and seeing what, you know, what they think about us and what they see that we might not. So I would just encourage you, don't get, don't feel like you're stuck in the same career path for your whole life because so many of us change and we don't realize till later on in life that there's actually something we'd really like to go after. So I would just encourage you, explore that, that idea, those options and, As we talked about on the show, you know, just take your time to make that transition and make sure that you're financially able to do that when you when you do. And of course, some of us find that COVID or other things presented this opportunity sooner to us because maybe we no longer have a job. 100% get that too. And in that case, it may be that we have to do other jobs or projects to make money, you know, to pay the bills while we're still figuring out the thing we want to move into. So I would just encourage you. Follow your heart and explore the possibilities. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And I am so passionate about today's topic, about knowing what your gifts are and your passions, your background and your, your talents in helping you understand how those things can come together to step into work that you care about and go after your passion and just serve the world that I would love to help you. And I am happy to jump on a brief call with you to help you through that. This is, you know, this is a free call, but I literally just want to help you start getting those, you know, the the cylinders kind of moving and going so that you can step into this. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com. That's all eyes. And just let me know in the subject. I would love to talk to you. And I cannot wait to connect with some of you and help you in this way. You can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.